Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood. With well, this episode is a rather special look back. Right now, as I edit it in May 2013, the first flight in the United States of Mosquito KA114 is imminent. But this episode looks back at that glorious weekend we had at Ardmore, when, on the Thursday, the aircraft flew for the first time after a long restoration, and on the Saturday it displayed to the public. That evening, on the Saturday, was the Mosquito on a dinner. At the time, I recorded various speeches at the dinner, and it now seems appropriate to release these on the eve of the Mosquito's first flight in the United States, its home. So, to introduce this, I'll turn it over to the MC on the night, Peter McQuarters. This whole day, this whole weekend has been really about pinch yourself moments. Uh, it just seems unbelievable that in New Zealand, where we really punch above our weight in so many ways, we really take it to the world with our Warbird restorations. And tonight we're going to hear from the players involved along the way. And as well as that, and equally as importantly, more importantly really, we're going to salute the veterans. Some of whom are with us here tonight, and those who sadly aren't with us here tonight. But before we go too much further, I'd like to bring on stage the President of New Zealand Warbirds. He'd like to say a few words of welcome. This is his house that we're all in tonight. So Frank Parker, President of New Zealand Warbirds. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we've got a few speeches that tend to go this evening, so I'm not going to hold any of that up. Today you've seen a little bit of what we do now to fill out our weekends. We play an old aeroplane. And we have a great time. And this evening, I'd just like to welcome you to our pitch. Welcome to New Zealand Warbirds. Thank you. Thank you, and I would imagine that this is probably the largest function that this hangar has ever seen. And uh, I think you'll all agree that it makes a splendid theme to aviation heritage facility, that is for sure. It looks absolutely fantastic. Well, you know, so many players in this whole show, and this aeroplane could have been finished, it could have been packed off to Jerry in America, but one man knocked on Warren Denham's door and said, hey, we've got to do something with this aeroplane before it leaves the country. He took on a hell of a big job, so please welcome to the stage the organiser of today's show, Mr. Peter Fahey. He's been like a blowfly in a bottle the last couple of days. He's there, there and all over the place, but uh, Peter, Welcome to your own show. What you. ever possessed you to take on a, a, a show of this magnitude? You've got that right. As a small child um, roaming around Martin, um, my uncle Bert pointed out one day these two mosquito bombers that were parked in a paddock and said, I think the farmer bought these for 50 quid after the war. And as you all know, such was the state, you know, when they demobilised everything and debunked everything, and that's what it was about. And, this farmer had pulled these things apart. And even then, you could see as a small child, I could see the majesty of these aircraft. So a couple of years later, growing up a little bit, you go to 1968, you go and see 633 Squadron, the little excerpts that we just saw then, which was done the, without the joys of computer graphics, thank God. And these fantastic flyable, four flyable mosquitoes doing their thing, how absolutely fantastic. So when this thing came up, it was like a sort of an evolutionary process. I mean, I was aware that this mosquito was being built, but it seemed vaguely surreal. And then one day it sort of got to a situation, and trust me, Stevie Wonder could see that, guess what? I think this thing's going to fly. So I said to Warren, look Warren, what are we doing about this thing? And he said, I don't know, right? I was building the damn thing. But yeah, you're right, I think we should do something about it. And I thought to myself, look, you know, this is, the, this is the most important restoration of aircraft that has ever, ever gone on in the world. We've done it in New Zealand, the New Zealand craftsman 
It's a fantastic event and it had to be celebrated.
So we'll just, uh, without further ado, get on to the, uh, on to the veterans. And hopefully on that, um, throw up the technology. Just like the Gareth door over, aren't you? Yes, I'm not minding Bunny Burrows, bomb pilot. 487 New Zealand Squadron, one of the Article 15 squadrons that were created. Gordon Hargraves, like a cheeky, cheeky bugger there. <laughs> Navigator, equally as important as the pilot on these low level. 13 OTU, Finnmere. Des Highland, Night Fighter Pilot. 488 New Zealand Squadron. Bill Lambert. Now there's his group. I just say, look, you look at those, look at that picture carefully, folks. Would you trust any of those guys? <laughs> You can certainly say there's a few used cars, so I'm going to make certainly enjoy a cool drink. Instruments technician, 75 Squadron Royal New Zealand Air Force. We can't forget it's not just the pilots and the navigators, there are so many other trades that keep these aircraft flying. Reg Mitchell, night fighter pilot. 488 New Zealand Squadron. Roy Montreux, DFC. Look at that aeroplane. You just look at what's next to the right now. Six ninety-two squadron. Basil Nash. Have a look at that aeroplane. Four blades. Sea Mosquito Pilot. 790 Squadron Fleet Error. Quite a lot of Fleet Error squadrons actually flew the Mosquito. Sheila Nash. Now that would be the, uh, the starter there, I should imagine. Ren Radio Mechanic. Of course, all of these trades required to maintain the aircraft flying. 790 Squadron Fleet Error. Wilfred Buck Pound. Now there's one happy hand. Look at Bomber Pilot. 104 Squadron. 256 Squadron. 614 Squadron. 214 Squadron Royal Canadian Air Force. Kevin Purdy. Now tell me that he doesn't look like Brett Emmony. <laughs> Navigator Wireless Operator. 515 Squadron. Murray Richardson. Now there's a guy who looks like he was in the movies in the 30s. <laughs> Observer Nav. 
488 New Zealand Squadron. Wally Waterson and Bryce Rowan. Pilots. Mosquito Training Unit, the number 20 OTU Canada. Because we have to remember that a lot of pilots train in Canada as well. Jim Arnold, Airframes Mechanic, 75 Squadron Royal New Zealand Air Force. Now, I have seen that photograph on Dave Homewood's site. Wings of uh, New Zealand wing. John Beachy, Night Fighter Pilot, 162 Squadron RAF and 627 Squadron RAF. Ross Cleverly, Safety and Service, 75 Squadron Royal New Zealand Air Force. Again, maintaining the aircraft, keeping them flying. Don Fleming, Engine Mechanic, 75 Squadron, Royal New Zealand Air Force. Ivan Warmington, Pilot of 166 Squadron RAF and 128 Squadron RAF. Humphrey Frank Beagledell. We honour all of these veterans tonight. And we also honour the 122 New Zealanders who gave the ultimate sacrifice in mosquito aircraft, whether it be World War II or whether it be in home service here in New Zealand. Now, I have the uh, pleasure and the privilege of a quick interview with Alan and George. And we'll just head over there now to have a few quick words with Alan about his time flying mosquitoes. You uh, actually had a bit of a personal interview with God. Yes, yes, I did. I met God. Uh, I don't realize I'm not a, a religious man. So Arthur Harris, the air marshal, we regarded as God. And he sent his car for me to ask my opinion, which he did with many pilots. That was how he kept in touch. So, I realised as a pilot officer, sitting in the presence of an air marshal, that I was before God. <laughs> we, I loved Sir Arthur before we hated his bloody guts. <laughs> because he was neither as a butcher. And I never forgot that interview. But tonight, standing here, I wish to pay tribute to the
and uh, rounding up the veterans for us tonight. And not, not only that, when I was flying over here on Thursday, we got to the airport and I had been looking at the site all week. My boss has said, you're not on that bloody site again. <laughs> but I kept on looking at it. We got to the airport. I raced around to find an internet uh, spot, found one, got onto it. Wings over New Zealand, bang, it's flown. And there were about three uh, messages there. The last one said, no photo, no proof. Bang, a photograph came up. Nine minutes after the aeroplane had flown, we were seeing it on the screen there at the Sydney airport. And uh, thank you very much, Dave, for keeping everybody in the world. I think you had 42,000 hits on your site. Just on this aeroplane that stands before us tonight. that was creating the mould to produce the fuselage. So, Glyn, Glyn Powell, please a warm round of applause for Glyn as we bring uh, up tonight. And we want to say a few words. Where are you, Glyn? Eventually, long story short, he told me 
get up on the lofty floor and he'd show me how to do it. So I started the apprenticeship with the lofty. After I'd done all that, one of my mates put up some money, and so I went to the workshop next door and started building the models. A couple of years later, we came upon financial hard times, and I had to get out of there with all my gear and two partly built models and find somewhere to put it until I could get a workshop built at my place of Drury and then shift it all in. That was February 1998. Here I finished the models and all, and all the patterns and jigs and pebbles that go with them and built the first prototype fuselage. This has taken 15 years. Around about then, Terry Aiken turned up at the workshop one day with Warren and asked if I would build one for him. So I said, no, oh, yeah, okay. So we had a little chat and drew up a contract and we got started. Jerry's financial input provided the impetus to step up our pace, put two men on, looked all the materials and went ahead with the fuselage. That took a year. Then on to the wing and the tail feathers another two years. We needed a donor aircraft for the identity to base the restoration on and for all the metal parts and critics because I don't make them anymore. And I knew where there was one in Canada that I've seen during my travels. It was KA114. So my grandson and I went over there and negotiated the deal with the owner on one hand and Jerry's by phone on the other hand and then packed it up into a container and shipped it over here. After many years out in the open, the fuselage was a basket case and the wing was not much better and we couldn't use any of the wood so we had to start again. Three years later, the whole wooden airframe, that is the fuselage wings, flaps, tail was finished and was sent down here to Aspects, where Warren's team made such a meticulous job of fitting it out. Since then, I've built my own mosquito, and we are in the process of fitting that out. It should fly in about three years with good luck. I've got as far as finishing... <laughs> Each other over the years, but I've met him here and there, and a few months ago I got a phone call from him saying, 
would you mind coming and helping us out with the mosquito well, launch? And I thought, well, how could I say no to that? I was very, very humbled. So I thought we should get Wild up now to tell this side of the story. He's a man who used to uh, service float planes but got sick of fishing his gear out of the lake and decided to come up here and put a sea fury together back in uh, the late 1980s. And uh, he's performed some incredible uh, work on warbirds ever since. Mr. Warren Denham, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, everybody. Um, well, I don't know where to start, really. It's been such a fantastic day today. Um, I, you know, over the last week, or, or, you know, every kind of scenario that you could possibly imagine has gone through my head. Um, and <laughs> trying to figure out what I was, what I, what I might have to say when I got up here. You know, um, you know, sort of sorry, it didn't work out the way it should. But it's an aeroplane and that sort of stuff happens, so you know, you just got to accept that, you know, even the best laid plans sometimes go astray. But I never in my wildest dream would think it would work out so well. I mean, I, you know, I still can't get the aeroplane, you know, like on Thursday, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I mean, these are the same thing, but on Thursday, we, we taxi out in, 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 in this thing and go flying for the first time. Anybody flying one day? I've never even seen one fly. And I'm looking out and you know it's all happening and you know some of it's good and some of it's not so good. But uh, it certainly focuses you on what's going on. And uh, I've got to say that you know I've, I've had a, a really good career in, in wildweed restoration since I've been involved in this, but this week has been absolutely fantastic. You know, it's worked out so well and uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as much today uh, as I did. Um, so there's a whole lot of people, of course, that uh, have been involved in this process right from the start. You've, uh, you've heard about, uh, you know, the father of it all um, with Glenn, who, uh, you know, obviously without his, uh, his vision and, uh, you know, I don't know whether he got bitten by a mosquito one night back in the 80s or whatever it was, but, you know, he has, uh, without a doubt, been the person that has um, been the catalyst for the whole process. So, you know, you can't sort of, at the top of the heap, that's where he sits. Um, and then, of course, uh, all the other people around New Zealand that have worked on the aeroplane to make it uh, to get it to the state that it is today. And um, you know, it's a testament, really, to the to the kind of uh, attitude that the people that are working in, in this industry in New Zealand have got. Because you know, not only uh, not only is uh, obviously the woodwork part of it been a, a, a real um, achievement, you know, uh, in itself, but there are lots of other aspects of the aeroplane. Um, that are first for uh, people in, uh, in this industry. You know, the, um, the, the uh, radiators that are in it have all been made here uh, uh, by Repricor and Monterey. I mean, and nobody else has ever made mosquito radiators or radiators like that ever, you know, since, uh, since they stopped building them back in the 50s. So, you know, uh, it, it really is a testament to the, to the, 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 the talents that exist within the industry in New Zealand. And uh, it's also a testament, of course, to the people that uh, I've got working for me. And, uh, you know, in February, when, uh, um, when I was trying to sort of get my head around what would be a good date, target date to, to choose for the, for the mosquito, because, you know, with projects that have already gone on for years and years and years, it's easy to sort of just carry on um, without any real goal in mind, because it's so difficult to know how long things are going to take. But, uh, uh, this is a Canadian-built uh, aeroplane, and uh, the first Canadian uh, production mosquito flew on the, around about the 23rd of September, uh, 1942. So back in February, got off the 23rd of September. That'll loom, that one of about 70 years since the first, you know, mosquito flew. Uh, and that seemed like a long time away back in February. <laughs> and the aeroplane looked pretty complete, and we had been working on it for years. So, you know, uh, we decided, well, that'll Okay, why don't we make that today? Why don't we try and commemorate the 23rd of September? And fortunately, the 23rd of September also happened to be uh, one of Terry's air show days in Virginia Beach. So we couldn't have it on the weekend. We had to put it back one week since 29th. 
And who would have thought that one week would have done so much different? But it did. And so, you know, so the credit of the guys that I've got working for me, and they got right behind the um, notion that we had to get this aeroplane finished in time for this weekend. And they put it in a, uh, uh, an absolutely monumental uh, effort in the last couple of months to achieve this uh, goal of flying it here in front of you all today. Uh, so I'd just like to say to uh, all my staff at Aztecs, thank you very, very much. And they're all sitting over here. Yes. 
Oh, that'd be great. Now we're thinking that what I see today would never happen. Uh, but that's how the, uh, the path started. Uh, we started walking down the path with uh, Lynn Howell. Of course, it would have never been with us. We could have never done it without Lynn. And uh, subsequently, the work on the mosquito started. And there was never a lot of talk about it in the United States. Uh, uh, probably mostly it was known by people here in uh, New Zealand and some people in the UK. But to Americans, it's not an American airplane. And they'll never get as excited about it as somebody in the Commonwealth countries or in, uh, in Great Britain. However, I do think that after they see it in uh, next year when we start flying in the United States, they will be as impressed as everybody is here in New Zealand. So we, um, we would uh, come to uh, New Zealand, my wife and I, or myself, and a couple of other people, we would come every once in a while. But most of the time, it was Warren would send me photos every month and suggest that I make a little donation to it instead of checking it out. <laughs> Over the months, the amounts grew and grew and grew, and more and more people got added to the group that were working on the airplane. And the, some of the parts started getting more expensive. Engines are very expensive, and then they had them overhauled. We had ours overhauled in uh, by Vinci 12 out of uh, California, and they did a wonderful job on them. It was the right decision. And uh, then a lot of the other time was spent looking for parts. Warren did very good looking parts. Every once in a while I would stumble across something and we would find parts all over the world and they'd all be sent here to New Zealand. So um, the only thing I would like to add is uh, I doubt that there's any place in the world that this airplane could have been built. And I really mean that could have been built in the United States yeah, if you throw millions and millions and millions of dollars, you get a hundred people together, they might have built something like this. Uh, but it was done here by a small team effort, by a group of very dedicated persons. And uh, I compliment them, I compliment all of New Zealand. Uh, I was telling somebody today, we, uh, the people in New Zealand have an attitude that you don't find in the United States anymore. However, you might find it in one part of the United States, and that's in Alaska. The people in Alaska have a can-do attitude. They say, get out of the way, let me show you how to do this. And that's what I find here in New Zealand. We made a lot of good friends. Elaine and I have met a lot of very interested people today, and I thank everybody for all their support and their enthusiasm and uh, their encouragement. So thank you, Warren, for making a dream come true for everybody in this room and people all around the world. who's a former CEO of Ardmore Airport Limited, and he has something that's going to make this whole mosquito package complete. He's got a little something that he has he would like to present to you. So, Richard. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to stick up here in my other day. Gary, um, this has been in my possession since the 1980s, and it is a booklet produced by the Hamlin Canada in Toronto in 1944. It relates to all the idiosyncrasies of the Mosquito Pacific Group. It's for ground crew and air crew, illustrated and pointing out the things they should do and shouldn't do. And whilst I treasure it, it got a bit sort of abused by grandchildren and children over the years. And I've had the cover reproduced and the staples, they were rusted because they were printed from a long time ago. I've written a message in there for you. And I've given you the original cover because there may be someone on the back who saw store but this one is pretty close to being exactly the original, the same cover. I don't know how many are left in the world, but all I'd like to say here is how much you are respected in New Zealand. Uh, for having the courage to come down to a small country and see the money here. Oh. <laughs> and you're doing something that everybody in this room love, and that's our aviation heritage. We share it to this degree in a smaller way than with the States. Uh, I know my uncles are 
went on the flew to the U.S. in Guadalcanal, but he was with the RAJS, and another uncle in Europe. And the aircraft, you are amazing in the way that when I visited your airfield, that there's nothing Catholic in the case. I mean, you've got aircraft from Britain, you've got aircraft from Germany, you've got all those wonderful aircraft from the States, all of the same era, which New Zealanders have flown. And we thank you for that. And I would like to see that this book that goes with the aircraft, and perhaps we could give it to Warren to, um, uh, to look out and make sure it goes with the aircraft and stays with the aircraft. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe we could have the key to read through it first. If I ground that one. We probably could have done this if you need to do it. We will accept that if you could uh, push all of the airplane. Uh, we have a wonderful history of about four binders from our side. Every email that Warren ever communicated with me all the photographs and everything. And I kind of look at myself as just being a temporary custodian for this and all the other airplanes. And at one time, sometime in the future, not sure when, when I'm not here anymore, everything will go somewhere else to hopefully maybe the governmental agency or something like that, preserve it forever. And along with the book and the history of this wonderful airplane. Thank you. Well, we're just about there. We uh, have the caterers wanting to get the meals out to you very shortly. But I call on Peter Anderson now uh, to have a chat with the only two current mosquito pilots on the planet, Amber. Today, uh, Keith, would you uh, mind coming up here? We'll just make it very, very brief.
and you just have an awful lot of confidence in what's going to happen next. And obviously you guys poured over the, the notes, spoke with people, but just to be there, there's no trainers, well, not yet, not until Glenn builds his one, and, uh, and the T3, but obviously that this is a legendary aeroplane, and um, as they say in America, the eyes of Texas are upon you. So it certainly must have been uh, in the back of your mind, but we this right. Yeah, well, that's in the back of my mind, just about years ago. Obviously, you'd be pretty busy at the first, but just making sure you are getting the right horse. Well, what surprised me in a way was that um, almost immediately, very uh, at home, very comfortable, and people will reflect the same thing. You can borrow a Z moment or something, but uh, I thought well, I should be nervous now. Just the sound and the ambience and everything, uh, I just stopped almost immediately at home. I went to the airport, and that, that then persisted ever since. But even more so, That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.